Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. I'm in the middle of a series right now called Distracted. Distracted. We've had a lot of people message our church. A lot of people comment on our YouTube videos. This series for 2019 has been the most viewed series of this year so far. And it's been amazing because I believe God placed a word on this church about distraction. John 10.10 says that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we're going to change that a little bit today, and we're going to take it out of context. You might be saying, oh no, this guy, he's, her, he's a heretic. What? He's, he's changing scripture out, but bear with me. I'm only going to take out one word, and that for this word, it's the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to distract. He comes to distract. That if the devil can't, he doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. He doesn't need to destroy you. All he has to do is distract you. How many have been so busy, right? I am so busy, right? You're so busy, but at the end of the day, you realize you got nothing done. I've been so busy today. What you do? Lots of things, right? All kinds of stuff. But the problem is, we're so busy, we're distracted, we're not truly making a difference. We're not making a difference in the lives of people. We're not making a difference in our own lives. And so last week we learned that we're busy, therefore we're barren. We're not producing fruit. We're not making that difference. And so Matthew chapter 13, Jesus opens up with a story. I'm going to paraphrase the story because we've been in this scripture for a while. Jesus said, here's a story, and he's speaking to the crowds as well as his disciples. And Jesus says to the disciples and to the crowd, he said, there's a farmer with seed. So this farmer goes out and he throws seed amongst the path, which is like concrete. And because he threw it along the path, birds came in and snatched it, right? The bird of Twitter. Come on, somebody. It snatched the seed. Then there's another ground that he threw seed on him. On that ground, it was rocky. That rocky ground meant the soil was shallow. We have shallow lives that we're living if we're distracted. So it's not going to bear up any fruit. But when fruit does show up, the sun scorches it. But then there's another ground that we're going to talk about today. And that's the ground that it's good soil, but... There's, there's thorns in it, and it's going to be choked from that ground. And Jesus goes on to say, there's good soil. The good soil is the soil that produces fruit that's 160 and 30. And so I believe with all my heart, the enemy wants to distract us by snatching seeds of purpose from our life, from scorching the seeds of the Word of God out of our lives by choking us, but also as well as sabotaging us. And here's the main thought of this series is that your life, is too valuable. Your calling is too great, and your God is too good by being distracted by things that do not matter. For many of you in this room, if I say, get your phones out and check it on Facebook, there might be a powerful distraction tool you better not even get on Facebook. Why? Because you'll be snatched, scorched, and choked by the daily news feed. And so I want to encourage you today that the third way the enemy distracts us is that we're choked by distraction. We're choked by distraction. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. All right, turn to your other neighbor and say, you look good today. I'm totally distracted. And so here verse 22, Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, this is what it says. The seed falling, this is Jesus, the seed falling amongst the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life. Right, we're sitting in service. This is a good message. Come on, pastor. Come on, somebody, or we open our devotions at home and we read a verse and go, wow, that's amazing. We hear the word, but the moment we walk out those doors, the worries of life, 
Or on Monday morning, the deceitfulness of wealth begin to choke the word, making it unfruitful, making it dead in this life. But Jesus says it, but then the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears it and understands it. Understanding means we take it to heart and we place action into it. That's what understanding means. You know what? I understand God's word. I'm not going to be busy or distracted by things that do not matter so that I can produce 100 or 60 or 30, not for my own life, not for my business, not for my career, not for all those things, but for the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to produce a fruit and to make a difference. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this word. I thank you that every single person in this place, they're going to make a difference for God's praise and God's glory. That God, in the mighty name of Jesus, they are good soil. They are great soil. They're soil with a calling and a plan and purpose. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Amen. Amen. Now, my wife and I, we've had the honor when we purchased our home uh, to move on the east side, uh, the southwest side of town to plant a church. We, uh, we purchased a typical mountain's edge home where there's nothing in the backyard, right? Like, you're like, oh, there's a beautiful backyard. It's just dirt, right? And so we had to landscape it. So what we did is we, we worked on our backyard, got some pavers in, things like that. But then we had the opportunity to go find plants. We had to go find plants. So we dug a bunch of holes. And my wife was like, yes, 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 yes. You know what I mean? Like, there's, that's a lot of plants, babe. And so we go to Star Nursery. And at Star Nursery, we got to look around and frolic amongst the bushes and the plants. And I hated that, all right? I was just like, I don't care. Can we just get an apple tree? I don't, it's anything. And so at Star Nursery, though, we looked around and picked out a few lantanas, picked out a few trees, little ones. And then even Star Nursery had this plant that they planted into the ground as part of their display, right? We were buying a plant off the mannequin, essentially, right? And she saw it. She said, ooh, I really like that plant. I said, okay, let's get that. And so my wife bought it. It's this beautiful, it's called a bogavalia plant. I call it a boogie plant, all right? It's a bogavalia plant. Look at that. It's beautiful, vibrant colors. It's this beautiful, beautiful plant. We like, she liked it so much, we got six of them because they're so cheap. Why are they so cheap? You'll, know, you'll learn in a minute. Six of these bogavalia plants. So we took them home and we installed them because I'm not a very good landscaper. I put them in the ground and... and there we are. We have these beautiful lantanas, tree, and then our boga, our boogie plants. We got our boogie plants. Well, as they begin to grow and mature, we begin to realize that the boogie plants that actually had thorns in them as they begin to grow. And what's interesting about this bogavalia thorn is, is it looks great from a distance, but when you get up close, then you can see the thorn. Now, that's not a big deal. If you just have a yard. It's there. But we have a seven-year-old, all right? And our seven-year-old plays soccer or throws balls. And one time the ball went underneath that. I was like, go get the ball. He's like, okay, dad. Ow, 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 ah. I'm like, what's wrong with him, right? Because the thorns were pricking him and hurting him. We also have a dog, all right? I'm a dog now. I'm a dog dad now, okay? We have a dog. And our dog one time, the ball, like, Levi threw the ball, or I threw the ball that she was chasing after, and it went underneath the bogavalia plants with the thorns. And she came in and she went, nope. She was smarter than the kid. Nope. Not today, devil. She totally abandoned the dog. That hurts too much. And so I told my wife, I'm going to use this illustration of the book of Alia Plant because it's beautiful, it's pretty, but there's thorns in it. It's like the thorns that's on the good soil. But then what's so funny to me is I turned to a great theologian called Google. All right, Google. And the book of Alia, what I found on Google, is the book of Alia is a widely grown landscaping plant in warmer regions, right? 
so like hot <laughs> region called Las Vegas. And so due to this showy cascading blooms, right? Beautiful. It's a beautiful plant. I love the way it looks. Beautiful cascading blooms. It's long arching branches are thorny, however. And so care should be taken. So I'm like, okay, I got to write this down. I got to take care of these plants. Care should be taken to not come in contact with them for they are toxic. I'm trying to kill my kid, everybody. I'm trying to kill my dog. They are toxic plants. I text my wife and she said, what? And there's some days where I'm like, Levi, go get the ball. Some days. Some days. But I'm here to tell you, just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. Just because you look busy doesn't mean busy is good for you. That'll preach this morning. Come on, somebody. But just because we're distracted doesn't mean we're bearing fruit. And here's what I realized about the soil. Here's what I realized. The soil with thorns is really no different than the good soil. Because the Bible doesn't say anything about that soil. It's only bad because it has thorns. So the good soil is the soil that, that begins to produce 160 and 30. But then there's soil with the thorns. So what's the difference? The only difference is, is gardening. Is gardening. Is gardening. I want to encourage you today. How do we begin to garden our hearts? See, my wife, when I told her, babe, they're toxic. You know what her reply was? It wasn't like, it's pretty. You know what I mean? Like, I like it. Her reply was, pull them up. Get rid of them. And we had to garden our back. Yard. I want to encourage you today. Distractions can appear fruitful when we're really, they're toxic for our lives. So write this down if you're taking notes. How do we garden the thorns of distraction out of our lives? And as we begin to study this this week, okay, God, what, what, are, the, what are the thorns? God, how, how can we garden this thing? And how do I garden my heart? I was led to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and this is what it says, above all else, you should read this entire chapter, above all else, guard your heart. Turn your neighbor and say, guard your heart, all right? Turn your other neighbor and say, guard your heart. We need to guard our heart for everything you do flows from it. And here's the reason why. The original meaning of guard means to tend. We are to tend our heart. Tending means I'm going to come in and tend the plants, tend the fruit. I'm going to tend to the seeds of purpose, to the seeds of the Word of God in my life. I'm going to tend my heart so that it's free from distractions. Church, listen, we garden our hearts by guarding our hearts. That We garden out the thorns by guarding our hearts. So you might be saying, what are the thorns? I believe thorns are anything that could distract you. And a lot of times when we have thorns in our heart, those thorns can, can change into a isolated heart. I don't know if you ever dealt with thorns. Maybe somebody gave you a rose or maybe you saw the book of Alien Plant or maybe anything with the stem that's thorny. The more you touch it, the more it pricks you, the more it hurts you. And sometimes it can be like that in relationships where we begin to deal with people or, or a group or whatever it may be. And the more we can get pricked, or hurt, or happens once, shame on you. Happens twice, shame on me. We begin to walk away with a thorny heart that is isolated. That you're so tired of being hurt that you begin to isolate yourself. 
I want to encourage you today. Maybe you've been hurt before by a group, by a person, by a leader. I want to encourage you today to open up your heart once again. I want to encourage you today. I'm so thrilled. We have 12 summer small groups. That's amazing. All over the city of Las Vegas. And I want to encourage you, get into a group. Because a community helps you to prune your heart. Not prick it, but to prune it. To say, I'm going to stop from being isolated. You know, I really believe that that's where he destroys you. The enemy destroys you by isolating you. Get you all alone. Get to mess with your mind. And to say, nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. You need to stay isolated. I also believe that thorns will begin to produce an offended heart. You know, when the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, it's not easy. It's not cute. It's hard. It's abrasive. And when when that begins to happen, we tend to blame other people. We have a fence for that person. We have a fence for that coworker. We have a fence in our heart. We begin to personalize the attacks of the enemy and blame everyone around us because it's easier to blame than it is to prune, than to tend, than to guard our heart. But I want you to listen to this. Guarding your heart does not mean we push people away. Guarding your heart means, God, I open my heart to you. That's how I guard it. By your word, by prayer. It means allowing God's word to change your heart. Number three, business can create a greedy heart. A greedy heart. You know what the Bible says? I want to really kind of preach on this for a minute. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. But money is not evil. I believe money can be God's gift. That's why we say all the time at Avenue Church, we move at the speed of your generosity. That's why I love, if you're a new here with us, you fill out a Connect card, and you check mark first time, we're going to get $5 to feed one, and we're going to feed one child for 15 days on your behalf. Just $5. Why? Because we move at the speed of your generosity. But here's what, here's what the Bible says. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. It says this, those who want to get rich fall into temptation. And a trap to many foolish and harmful desires. Many foolish and harmful distractions that plunge people into ruin and destruction. How does he destroy us? By distracting us by things we think we need. He'll distract us by everything. I, I, I begin to learn this. We give the world everything, but we end up with nothing. But if we give God everything, we get everything. God's praise and God's glory. I'm going to encourage you today. Maybe you're, you want to give your kids everything. Maybe you grew up in a, in, a, in a time where it was hard, it was difficult, it was tough. But now that you have children, you want to give them everything you did not have. And you're working and you're working and you're busy and you're busy. I want to encourage you that you want to give your children everything, but they end up with nothing because they just want you. They just want an available dad an available mom, an available person in their life. So giving removes greed. You might ask, do I have a thorn of greed in my life? Well, tithe. Give 10%. Give over and beyond. Give 20, give 30, whatever God places on your heart. Here at Avenue Church, we don't pass the bucket because we believe generosity is active, that God's going to place an amount on your heart. Not me, not my wife, not Miss Amanda, but God is. I want to encourage you today, if this bothers you, if you say, why is he talking about money? Why is he going to go there today? It might mean you have a greedy heart. It's become a thorn in your heart. I've realized that a heart of generosity will change the world. A heart of greed won't solve nothing. 
won't solve anything. So I've seen a lot of thorns in our life, but I've seen the craziness of life can create a worried heart. Anxiety, fear, that the devil can destroy us by simply getting us to worry. Because a worried mind will destroy itself. Think about that. The enemy says, you know what, I can steal, I can kill, I can destroy, but you're going to do that by yourself if I could just get you to worry. Worry about tomorrow. Worry about the bills. Worry about where's it coming from. Worry about the future. You know what stress and worry is? Worry is stressing about things that could never happen. Have you ever, anyone's ever been there before? Worry, 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 worry. A week later, it never happened. Why did I worry so much? We can create a worried heart. We have to guard our heart. It's just the thorns in our lives that are choking seeds of purpose today. But here's what I've realized. The Bible says that there's thorns, but also Jesus continues on this parable because there's also some weeds. And so Jesus tells the story about the farmer. He's the farmer's seeds. They're scorched. Now they're snatched. They're scorched. They're choked. But there's good soil. And then in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says, you know what? There's something I want to show you. Jesus tells them another parable. I love this. Here's another parable. The disciples are like, why? Why another story, right? And he goes, here's another parable about the kingdom of heaven. And he says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a man. He sold good seeds in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds. He sabotaged. You got to come back next week. Come on. He sabotaged weeds among the wheat, among the good stuff. And he went away. When the wheat sprouted, when it grew, when it formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed? Didn't you do everything that was right? Did you do it all? And he said, Yes. He goes, But why did weeds, where did they come from? And the guy says, The enemy did this. The servant asked him, Okay, so do you want us to go and pull the weeds up? You want us to remove all the weeds? And he said, no, that's my kind of guy right there. All right, I got weeds in my yard. The Bible says don't pull them up. Come on, somebody. Okay, sorry. He said, no, because if you pull up the weeds, you also pull up the harvest. If you pull up the weeds, you'll pull up the harvest. Let, us, let them grow together until harvest. You know why? Because God's going to deal with the weeds. So what we're to do in this life, we are to remove the thorns, but we are to leave the weeds. What does that mean? We are to remove the thorns in our life, but ignore the weeds. If we pay attention to the weeds and focus on the weeds, it'll begin to ruin the harvest in our hearts. And I love this. Go ahead. But you might be saying, okay, Pastor, that's great. That's an awesome word. What does that mean? Sometimes weeds represent people or circumstances. But the thorns represents what's in your heart. Weeds are all around you. I'm preaching good this morning. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Come on, somebody, right? The weeds are all around you, but the thorns are in you. Ignore what's around you and pull out what's in you. Get rid of the thorns that are in your heart. You might, you might be like, Pastor, you might be like, you might be like me, all right? You're like, that's awesome. Woo, come on, Pastor. Yeah, what do you mean? What are the weeds? What, what are people and circumstances around me? What is that, Pastor? Maybe the weeds in your life is that family member. When you think about that family member, mm, not a good thought. But guess what? They're just weeds 
But maybe the thorn in your heart is you have unforgiveness every time you see them. Bitterness, anger. Maybe a weed in your life could be that coworker. You think right now, Monday morning's coming, you gotta face that coworker, whatever it is. What about that coworker? That's a weed. The Bible says, ignore the weed, but address the thorn. And maybe the thorn in that coworker is resentment because maybe they're too blank, too lazy, too obnoxious, they're a bully, whatever it is, but you have a thorn in your heart. Maybe it's an incident, maybe it's a weed in your life that took place in the past. Maybe it was an incident or a situation. But because of that weed, now you have a thorn in your heart, a fear that stops you from taking a step, fear that stops you from opening your heart to another small group, to Jesus Christ, to serving, getting in the growth track. Step one, maybe there's some weeds in your life that are simply decisions. Maybe you've got too many decisions to make in your life. And because you have so many decisions to make, maybe you have the thorns of anxiety, worry, and fear. I'm afraid I'm going to fail. I'm afraid I'm going to make a mistake. I believe life should be like an iPhone. Come on, somebody. Few options. All right? If you have a Samsung or a Galaxy or Android, you've got too many options, y'all. All right? I could change my screen. I could change the font. I could change the font size. I could call. I'm like, stop. But you know what the problem is? I use that to try to be funny, but here's the problem. The problem with options are we can't make a decision. There's nothing worse than those that cannot make a decision because what's worse than quitting is not committing. That's a a dating series right there, huh? You know what's worse than a breakup? Not proposing. Come on, somebody. There's other options out there. I want to encourage you today. The options become distractions without clear vision. I know what God's plan is for my life. I know what I've been called to do. I want to encourage you, maybe some weeds in your life for that situation that happened. And because of that situation, maybe it was a good place or a good thing. But because it went haywire, the thorn in your heart is unbelief. I no longer believe. Because this happened, God's no longer real in my life. It could be a thorn that takes place. But I've also noticed not all weeds can appear to be bad. But maybe a weed of a lack of hardship. Everything's great. Everything's going well. But because of that, you have a thorn of lack of hunger. I'm just mediocre. I'm okay. God is good all the time. I don't need to do this and that. I'm okay. I'm going to ask you today, can you praise God in the hard times, but also can you praise him in the good times? Everything's going good, God. Thank you. Thank you. I never want to have a lack of hunger, but the enemy wants to distract you from the thorns, and he wants you to focus on the weeds. That's what he does. Come on, there's so many weeds. How many know? When we pray, dear Jesus, thank you for my life. Thank you for using me in a powerful way. God, I got this weed in my life. This person, this situation, this circumstance. God, will you pull that weed up? How many want some weed pulled from your life, right? Come on, Jesus. David and Psalms, right? Kill them, Lord. Smite them, Lord. Destroy them, Jesus. And you know what God is saying? Guess what? I love the weed as much as you love yourself. I love the weed just like I love you. You know, I'm going to set somebody free today. You're probably somebody else's weed too. Come on, somebody. I'm just going to help you out. Thank you, Jesus. All the weeds in my life, you a weed too. <laughs> right, babe? 
<laughs> but the enemy can distract you from the thorn in your heart and get you to focus around the weeds. You'll never have to guard your heart. It's going to get thorny. It's going to get prideful, selfish, offended, isolated. You're going to lose hope. You're going to lose purpose. You're going to be full of anxiety, worry, and fear. I'm encouraging you today. Your life is too valuable. And your calling is too great. And your God is too good for you to be distracted by things that do not matter. Come on, can we give God a clap for that? It is the thorns in your life that will choke your purpose, not the weeds. All right, haters going to hate, but I got thorns in my heart that I need to deal with. You know, my wife and I, we, 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 hate, we hate yard work, all right? Let's just say it. We, we hate yard work. Raise your hand if you love yard work, all right? Pray for me. Come on, somebody. We hate yard work. And so in our house, you know, we got the bushes in, and up front already has bushes and trees and all that, and we ignored it, right? We're like, somebody needs to do something about that, right? And we ignored it, ignored it month after month. And you know when the, good, the best time to prune and pull the weeds out of our yard and to shape it is when HOA sends you a letter. Come on, somebody. When the letter comes, they have a photo of your yard, because I live in Mountain's Edge, right? A photo of your yard, like some creeper, and you go, oh, no. I go, okay, this, this is time. It's time. It's time to pull the weeds. That's a great reminder. And so my wife and I, we got out, and we got the, like a chainsaw thing, and, and you're like, how'd you get all the tools? I borrowed them from my family, right? Can I borrow your stuff and never give it back, okay? And so I got the, the hedger, the trimmer. I got all sorts of stuff. My wife and I were out there. We got like headbands on, shorts, right? And we're, we're trying to sculpt and cut, and it's taking forever, right? We do the backyard, the front yard. When we think we're done, we realize we have to do the side yard too where the street is. We don't even see it. And so we're doing that. And it takes us eight hours. It takes us all day. We're hot. We're dripping with sweat. I mean, I'm trying to like hedge a bush. My wife is like, what is that? You know, like it's supposed to be a circle, you know, and it's just, it looks like a weird, ugly oval. And I'm terrible at this. Finally, right after we do yard work, we have this big pile, right? Was somebody supposed to take this away? And so we had to put it in my truck, and we're like shoving it full. I mean, it's so full. I'm like, where do I take this thing? I know, driving the 15, just right? I would never do that. Never. Maybe. <laughs> Don't judge. So we take it to the dump way up in Cheyenne, wait for what was like three hour wait, and it was busy that day. I was like, Lindsay, it took us two hours, it took us two days to do the yard. Finally, we call the landscaper. Come on, somebody. Thank you for landscape burbs. Come on. <laughs> call the landscaper. Called around, got the best price. This gentleman came over with his crew. He's like, Yep, you bet. Come on, somebody. Trimming it. He even asked, who did the who did the yard before? I don't know. Some some <laughs> Some drunk guy, I don't know. And so he, they came in, his crew, I mean, they didn't, I mean, I thought we did it. We didn't do anything, all right? They came in and did more. And when they left, I mean, they were there, what, 30 minutes to an hour for the first time. They came in, boom. What they did, they had to do intense pruning, right? They came in and shaped it, got everything out, boom. We're done, Mr. Bosma. And you know what's crazy? After they did one big day, I never see them. And I still get a bill. Come on, what's messed up? 
They come in like a thief in the night, make my yard beautiful and leave. And I was like, have they been here? You know, like, where are they? But my yard looks beautiful, clean, no leaves, no weeds. It's an immaculate yard. You might be saying today, what does that have to do with this sermon today? You know what it has to do? I want you to write this down. Simple surrender daily beats intense pruning annually. Come on. All the landscapers have to do is because they did an intense pruning one time, all they need to do is come in and maintain. I'm even thinking, babe, should we cancel them because they did the hard work? We'll just maintain it now and save so much money. You know what's going to happen? Intense pruning annually. Two days. Why? Because if we surrender daily, we will not have to have intense pruning annually. Not once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once a week. I don't know what it looks like for you today, but I'm encouraging you. If you have simple surrender daily, you will not have to have intense pruning annually. And worship team, come on out. Help me close this out. And this blew my mind. I'm saying, okay, God, how can I end this message? That there's thorns, and, and the only difference between good soil and the soil with the thorns is gardening. And so with the gardening is we have to guard our hearts because guard means to tend. And so Jesus, help me to guard my heart. Guard my heart from offense. Guard my heart from distractions and busyness. Guard my heart from isolation. Guard my heart. But we can realize that there are weeds all around us that we've been too focused on as a person, as a church, as a society. I'm too focused on what's around me. And God says, I want to focus on what's in you. I'm going to prune and I'm going to help you out. But here's what I found in John chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Never seen this before, but Jesus says, I am the vine, I'm the true vine, but my Father is the gardener. My Father is the gardener. Then he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. For every branch does bear fruit, he prunes that it will be even more fruitful. Verse 4, he says, remain in me and also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither do you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Church, I love that. God is the gardener. He's the one who prunes. He's the one that comes in, cuts off anything that's bad in our life so we can produce 100, 60, or 30. But notice it said he's the gardener, not the butcher. You don't walk in on Sunday morning and God goes, ha! I'm going to tear you up. Where have you been? Come here, you little, bam, meat mallet. That's the way we view God sometimes. But I'm here to tell you, God's not that way. God loves to prune. Have you ever seen someone work on a bush? I mean, it's get the right shape, the right size. There's care for it. And that's exactly what God is doing in you today. He's saying, honey, sweetheart, sir, there's a thorn in your life right now. Let's cut it. Let's cut it. Let's prune it. Let's change it. And when he begins to prune your heart, you become so life-giving. You become excited again. He's like in the Bible, I enter into your praise with thanksgiving. I'm excited about life. I now have passion. I have purpose for the things of God in my life. Why? Because the thorns are no longer there. 
I'm now all of a sudden, after today, heard the message. I understood it. I got it. I, I grasped, but it's now in my heart. And you're going to walk out of here instantly producing 100 or 60 or 30. You're going to go into growth track. You're going to get into a small group. You're going to ask for forgiveness for people in your life. You're going to make a difference. Why? Because God is pruning our hearts. You know, my wife and I, I forgot to tell you, we put in the book of alias. We pulled them out. Got rid of the toxic plants. Whatever, however toxic they might be. Rash or poison, I don't know. But we had our lantanas all up. We have tons of lantanas and trees. We had a cold winter, right? It was like cold for us. If you're not from Las Vegas, it was cold, okay? It was like 50. It was cold. <laughs> but we had a cold winter. I'm trying to do the drip system, you know, the schedule, the, the plants, the whatever. I'm like, it's all automated. Come on, somebody. We have a landscaper. <laughs> and one morning, we're out the back patio. We're doing our devotions. We talk to one another, have coffee. And one morning, we look at all of our lantanas. My wife's like, are they supposed to look like that? All sticks, right? <laughs> There's nothing there. There's no greenery, no flowers, just sticks in the ground. I said, yeah, babe, yeah, they're, they're good. And she's like, no, I, no, no. We look at it. I mean, the soil's gone. The twigs are, the twigs are breaking off. And she said, they're dead. They're all dead. I'm thinking, oh, no, I have to do this all over again, right? I got to pull like 12 lantanas. I got to go to Star Nursery. I got to install this thing. I'm freaking out. Finally, I said, let's just hold on, babe. Just hold off on it. We'll do it later. We're busy. We can't do it right now. But then one morning we realized all of a sudden this little green stuff began to grow out of it. I realized that what we consider dead is just dormant. You know what dormant means? Looks like it's dead, but there's still life on the inside. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're dead. Dead in spirit, dead in body, dead with no purpose, dead with no hope, dead with no joy. But I'm here to tell you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you are alive in Jesus' name. That God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more in you than you can think for. He can comprehend. And here's the thing. Here's what I love. forgot to say this last service. I love that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he placed a crown of thorns so we don't have to. Why? Because you're not dead. You're dormant. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good to be distracted by things that do not matter. If that's you today, I want you to stand and give God a prayer. Praise. Give God a clap today. Stand to your feet. And I want you to thank God for pruning. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to play a worship song. And just for 30 seconds to a minute, I want you to guard your heart by giving God your heart. By saying, God, prune me today. In this 30 seconds to a minute, I'm going to open up my heart. I've been isolated. I've been offended. I've been angry. I've been, I've been dead or dormant. I'm here to encourage you today. God's going to do something exciting in your life. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life so you can have life for I am the true vine. God is the gardener. And so if that is you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to raise two hands and say, God, guard my heart today. God, 
tend to my heart today. God, help me to prune the thorns out of my life. I've been too distracted by the weeds in my heart. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, tend to my heart today. Go ahead, worship team. I want you to sincerely open up your heart today and say, God, thank you for pruning. Thank you for removing the thorns of my life. Open up my heart to you now, so do what only you can. Jesus, have your way in me now. I open up my heart to every head by eye closed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for everybody that's in this room today. That God, I pray, thank you for the revelation of weeds and thorns. And so God, I pray today that you're such a good Father. That Father, I pray today you begin to tend to our hearts. Father, begin to prune and cut things that are destroying us. Things that are distracting us. Father, I pray for unforgiveness, God. I, I pray for the isolated heart today. God, I pray for the offended heart today, maybe a heart of greed today. That, Father, I pray that you begin to prune that out and help us to find what's our next step. But, God, I pray today, begin to heal our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. The Father, I pray you begin to throw purpose back into our hearts today. You begin to throw love into our hearts today. But if you're here today, whatever head about eye closed, and you might say, Pastor, I'm dead on the inside. But I realize today that man, I'm not dead with purpose. I have no hope and no purpose or joy in my life. But maybe you're here today and you realize, you know what, I'm not dead. I'm dormant. That there's something still on the inside of me. That when I ask you to raise your hand, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray a prayer with you, not to get you in the growth track or a small group or to join our church, but simply to help you to take a step towards Jesus. Take a step towards freedom. Take a step towards purpose through Christ Jesus. If that is you, every head out of our clothes, I won't embarrass you, but put a hand up, put it right back down. Yes, I would love to pray with you. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Up, right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Yes, yes. Up and right back down. Come on, can we give a clap for that? Yes. Over there. Yes, in the back. Up and right back down to say, God, thank you. Let's pray this prayer. I don't know if you're new with us today, but we don't do nothing alone, all right? We pray out loud together. We're in this together. But let's pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. So today, I give you my life. I give you everything. Say, I now know who I am. Say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. 
I'm a child of God. Come on, give God a shout. Give God a praise today. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.